So now I would like to introduce Zeke, Zeke Rink, who um, heads up a lot of <laughs> stuff uh, to do with DTI, which is the Vineyard Festival. So we're going to have a little interview with Zeke to learn about what the DTI Festival is all about, because as some of you may know, the Soul Survivor Summer Festival uh, came to an end this year. So... Um, I think that as it's the youth takeover service, it would be a great opportunity to learn about what Vineyard are doing and rising up um, for this year. So, uh, welcome, Zeke. Thank you. Thanks, Amelia. Thanks for having me, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Good to see you. Um, and I guess, firstly, it would be great to just hear a bit about who you are and your story um, and how you came to be here. Great, thank you. Um, well, it's so good to be at a, a part of a church this Sunday that's actually celebrating young people. I don't know if you guys know, but this has actually been sort of declared as Youth Work Sunday. So that's, that's by Youthscape, which is a national youth organization, and the Church of England. So I don't even know if this was planned in, in conjunction with that. But so churches all around the UK are celebrating young people, putting young people at the forefront of what they're doing, um, and, and which is which, just incredible. And so... Yeah, it's great to be with you guys. It's an honor to be here. And um, uh, like Amelia said, my name's Zeke. My real name, get the Bible out, Ezekiel. Um, so I, I am a prophet, self-proclaimed. <laughs> uh, but um, but, but there's a, my mum my and dad struggled to actually call me Ezekiel because my dad came from a sort of Jewish background and they, well, they, would, they would highly regard the Bible, or the, well, parts of the Bible, but they, um, they were, most of them were atheists, so they really were like, don't give him a biblical name, everyone will tease him at school, and, but my parents really heard from God about my name, and so it's, it's great to, to, um, to just get Ezekiel back, because uh, everyone just calls me Zeke, but I grew up in Sydney, Australia, you might have noticed I've got a funny accent, I've lived in the UK now for, this is my 15th year, so I'm sort of a hybrid of English and, and Australian, and um, uh, I grew up in a Christian family. Unfortunately, when I was born, my mum got very ill with postnatal depression, and that became then uh, quite severe depression, which became bipolar. And so I grew up in a Christian home, but my, my, um, particularly my mum was very unwell, and some days she wouldn't get out of bed. Other days she'd be bouncing around the walls, very excited. And so I grew up knowing about Jesus. I grew up knowing about the importance of Christianity and the church. But uh, growing up in my, my household where my parents fought quite a lot and they struggled together, it was, it was, I realized that there was, there was some, some families aren't perfect. In fact, no family is perfect. And although my parents loved the Lord and they, 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 they were regularly at church, they had their, their issues and their struggles. And so I grew up at, uh, in, in Sydney, but then I found football at the age of like nine, and that was like, became my life, and that's actually what brought me over to the UK um, at 18. But, um, but, it, but at 12 years old, I was sort of baptized and really decided to make, to make God uh, a big part of my life, but I didn't really get the whole giving Jesus your heart and inviting the Holy Spirit into you your heart and make him part of your life, everyday life. So I sort of, my focus was football. That was number one in my life. And then at 16, I realized that you've either, there's two kinds of types of Christians. And there's those Christians that are sort of Christian, but they're not really living it. And there's, and Jesus isn't really number one. And then there's other Christians that Jesus is number one. And he, they orientate their life around their faith 
not their faith around their life and what, what fits. And so I decided at 16, God, I'm going to make you number one. And I, I decided to make Jesus number one in my life. And that was where my life sort of changed. I still loved football. I still sort of, that was a big part of my life. And that's what brought me over here. Um, but, but something started to shift. And so at 18, I got on a one-way ticket. My parents sent me on a one-way ticket to, to England. And I had a trial with Millwall Football Club, which is like, I don't know if any, we've got any football fans, probably no Millwall fans in the room. But um, they've got a bad reputation. But it was a great opportunity. It never worked out. I had injuries and different things. And I always say to people, uh, football brought me to England. God kept me in England. And um, I believe that God has plans for all of our lives and he'll use our passions and our gifts to, 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 to uh, connect us with his agenda because God has an agenda for this world and for this nation and for our lives. And so um, that, that's sort of a little bit about my story. And, and I lived in the south of England. I, I was a youth worker, an outreach youth worker. So I was employed to spend time with young people that were bunking off school or hanging around down this park and engaging them with sport and using football to connect with them. And I became a youth pastor and I, I did that in a small town in the south of England for about 10 years. And then I joined the Vineyard Church down in, in Bournemouth, Coastline Vineyard. I was there for three years with my wife. We got married and, um, and then sort of found ourselves moving to London uh, just, just a year ago, sort of almost today. So it's great to be with you. And that's a little bit about my story. Yeah. That's great. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Um, and I guess uh, the next question would be, how did you get involved with DTI, which is short for Dreaming the Impossible? And I suppose, what is DTI? Yeah, yeah. yeah great. Um, so DTI is our national, as many of you might know, it's our national youth festival or conference or camp, however you want to describe it. And so it's, we gather about 14, 1,500 young people and youth leaders from all over the UK and, and they, we, we gather together, and we've been gathering for the last couple of years in Newark Showground, um, which is kind of in the Midlands. Um, and, and, and really, DTI, the heart of DTI is putting young people at the, at the forefront, where young people, like Jed said, that young people, they say birds of a feather flock together, but we, we wanted to provide a space for the young people in this movement to gather together to, to put Jesus number one and to build friendships, relationships, and, and, and get fired up for this journey that they're, they're on with, with Jesus. And I came, I, I sort of came about being part of that team was when I joined Coastline Vineyard because they used to be called Bournemouth Vineyard and then renamed and rebranded. And uh, the, my predecessor was part of that core team. So when I came on board, he said, Zeke, I want you to be part of the team, core team. I'm going to put your name forward. And so Susie and the team um, adopted me into that team. And that was, that was amazing just to be part of what was going on in, in, in DTI. But in that last kind of four years of being involved in the core team, we've always been saying, I think DTI has more to offer the nation than what it, what it does. And so we were talking about what would it be like to move DTI from, from May, bank holiday, or bank holiday time, to, to the summer. But Soul Survivor's always happening, and lots of vineyard churches go to Soul Survivor. So we're, we're sort of wrestling with this whole idea. And then we had this conversation with, with Mike, uh, where he said, Soul Survivor's going to finish, and we want to invite you to, 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 to bring 
he called it DNA at the time. Um, so it was great to know that he knew all about us. Um, but but, but he, he invited us to, to really take what we're doing more seriously. And he said, I think you guys have got something to offer, not just your own movement, but the nation. And so DTI, really, that's what we're about. We're about um, gathering young people and, and getting them charged up for, for, for the kingdom of God and for Jesus' sake. And so it's been a real honour. And in the last period, the last year, I've actually come on board with Vineyard UK and Ireland and, um, and working for DTI. So my role is, my official title is, is DTI and Youth Network Associate Pastor. So I, I work alongside Susie, who's my boss, and we, she's based out in Trent. Uh, vineyard in in Nottingham and so but I spend a lot of my time traveling around and meeting with being at churches like you with with you guys and inspiring you and encouraging you to invest in the next generation and think about DTI and think how we can raise up the youth of this 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 movement and this nation so yeah great thanks so We've obviously heard from some of our young people that have uh, been at Soul Survivor this summer and previously um, they've been before and I think that lots of young people have had experiences at Soul Survivor. So when it comes to DTI, how will it be um, different or similar to the kind of setup and, and DNA behind yes. Soul Survivor? Yeah, yeah. So, so you're right in saying DNA. And I think um, when we talked to Mike, he said, mate, you don't even know what we're called and you're recommending you know, that we take. And so, but he said, no, but you, you guys share our DNA. And so quick little, like, timeline of, of and it, it sort of goes like this. David and Mary Pitchers were, were pastors in a church called St. Andrew's Chorleywood years and years ago. And they were, they were connected, they're slightly connected with the vineyard because, as you know, the vineyard started with a man called John Wimber and a team of, of people. And John Wimber was coming in the late 80s over to the UK and he was running um, meetings like this where, where he was giving a lot of space and time to the ministry of, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. And so they were having these meetings where people were just, there was kind of like a renewal in the church. I don't know if any of you recall this or remember this, but um, David and Mary Pitchers were, had invited John Wimber to their church and the Holy Spirit fell and something profound happened on that day. And um, they believed they needed to partner with some other people and, and kick off new wine. So new wine starts. But in their church, they had a young youth leader who'd just come on board called Mike Pilavachi. Mike Pilavachi was part of that church and he said to David and Mary Pitchers, um, hey, I've got this idea. And they're like, okay. And uh, he said, what if we just gathered young people, not to exclude parents and, 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 and other, other, other people part of the church, but what if we just gathered 11 to 18-year-olds and we put on a festival for them? And apparently David and Mary said, uh, that sounds crazy, but we think it's the Lord. And so they, they said yes, and so Soul Survivor started, and there was about a 1,000 young people that gathered at the first one. But I share all this because David and Mary Pitcher's daughter is Debbie Pitcher's, now Debbie Wright. And so John and Debbie lead the vineyard movement in the UK. And so it's kind of when Mike came back to us and said, hey, we'd love vineyard to be a part of what's next. He recognised that, that Soul Survivor has been so connected with the vineyard in terms of DNA, worship, teaching and ministry, but particularly ministry. You know, as the vineyard, we have this beautiful thing where we wait on the Holy Spirit and we wait for the Holy Spirit to, to, to come with his agenda and his plans, not just ours. And so that has always been part of DTI and the vineyard. And so, 
So in that sense, DTI, in terms of the way the meetings are run, will be very similar. And any young people that have come to DTI, you know that that's quite similar. But in terms of the, the structure of the, the, the festival, we've got, a, we've got a great opportunity to restructure some things and change some things. And we know young people are going through all sorts of struggles and challenges, and we want to cater for them, whether we do seminars or whether we do different types of interactive workshops, stuff like that. We want it, we, it's, it's really a blank canvas to a certain degree. But the main thing, the main similarity will be Jesus will be at the center. There'll be space for the Holy Spirit to move. And young people will have loads of fun. You know, we, what we love about DTI and Soul Survivor is young people come from all over the nation and they meet people. Young people from Blackpool meet people from... from I don't know, Basingstoke, and so, or Bogner, or whatever, they come from all over. And so we're, we're really, we're similar DNA, but we've got an opportunity to start something fresh and new and, 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 and take DTI to a whole new level. So It's yeah. really exciting. Um, you touched a little bit on um, some of the things that young people might be going through. So what do you think um, are kind of the main things that uh, young people need, like their biggest needs uh, nationally, and then how might DTI kind of meet those needs? Well, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know who wrote the song. You know, all, all we need is love. Do you remember that? Is that the Beatles or something? It is. I'm talking to English people about it. <laughs> all we need is love. Do, 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 do. We remember it. But there's some truth in that. You know, uh, secular songs, they write, these, these artists, they write music, but they're sort of like prophets in a way. They're, they're, there's a prophetic message coming through that song. And it is. If, if you ask people, what are your, what's your fundamental need? It's, it's love. We want to be loved. And young people are the same. They want to be loved. They want to be part of something. They want to be accepted. But, but growing up, even myself, I mean, at 16 years old, years of age, my parents bought me a Nokia 6610. Does anyone remember one of those? It was one of the first, like, with polyphonic ringtones and a, and a color screen. I know young people are like, seriously? But now, now you guys are good. I mean, you've even got an iWatch or whatever you call it. It's amazing. Like, you're, you're, we, young people are so connected to, to, to the world and, and that's social media, but with social media and with, with YouTube and with instant access to what's going on around the world, there's pressures. You know, um, stats are constantly coming out. I read a stat recently that 50% of pictures that young people post have been tweaked. They've, they've, they've changed their look or the, the, the shade of the color of their skin or the way, the way their face is. They've, they've, they've put some kind of fade or, or whatever you call it. I don't even know. But, you know, so, so young people are constantly bombarded with messages as you need to be different or you need to look like this or you need to behave like this. And so that creates anxiety. Levels of, of reports of anxiety have, have, have skyrocketed amongst young people. Self-harm, self-hatred. Young people saying, we hear stories at DTI that would break your heart, soul survivor. Young people say, I literally hate myself. And, and to see a generation feeling that way about themselves or, 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 or the whole comparison. You know, we compare ourselves with one another, but growing up, I didn't have... I didn't know what my mates were doing because Instagram didn't exist. I didn't know what everyone around the world was doing because Facebook didn't exist. So young people are facing this world where messages are being barraged. You know, we heard from Zach. He, he came to Soul Survivor actually feeling anxious. And I could see Zach, there was an emotion while he was sat up here that young people have got pressures to perform and to do well. And so there is, there is high levels of pressure 
And, you know, to be, to be frank, um, 75% of, of mental illness is being reported that it started before the age of 18. So young people, children are growing up with, 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 with depression, anxiety, bipolar, personality disorders, and they're facing all of this, and that's being diagnosed, that they're being told they've got these things that they've got to navigate. But guys, we believe the gospel, right? We believe that Jesus came over 2,000 years ago to, to, to live a different way. And, and the original Christians were followers of the way. They weren't even called Christians. That's, that happened in Antioch further down the line. But they were followers of the way. And we believe that there is hope, there is truth, there is love. And it's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. And young people need to hear this. They need to know that they're loved. They need to know that they've, they have a heavenly father that knows everything about them. They need to know that, that there's a church and a community that's, that's standard, that, that stood the test of time, that believes in them, that will put them at the forefront of what they're doing. Let them make mistakes. Let them get it wrong. But say, hey, we believe in you. And so just to finish this, how many of you came to faith, you'd say you, you made a commitment to follow Jesus before the age of 18? Okay. Now, the, just seeing the name, it, just put your hand up. Sorry. If you just look around for a sec, it's kind of probably more than 50%. Would you guys agree? It's got maybe 60% in this room. And every church is different. But Barna, an American uh, research organization, brought out a stat that, that two in three... Um, of every Christian becomes, makes a declaration, a decision to follow Jesus before the age of 18. And so if there's any time for the church to invest in young people, now is the time. With all the difficulties, youth clubs being shut, youth workers being unemployed, now's the time for the church to stand up and say, we believe in young people. We know that the majority of people make decisions before the age of 18. So we need to invest in children. We need to invest in young people. Now is the time. I want to encourage you guys that, that although there's so many issues that young people are facing, they need to know that they're loved. They need to know that you've got their back. And they need to know that there's not just us believing in them, but there's a, there's a Father God who believes in them and, and sees their potential. Thank you so much, Zeke. Um, I guess just really quickly, uh, other than as a church taking the young people to DTI, is there um, any other ways that we can get involved in supporting DTI? Yeah, yeah. Well, we said at NLC, the major things are prayer. If you can pray for young people, please pray for young people. One of the things I try to, in my role now, I, I meet a lot of young people. I have the privilege of going to churches all over the UK, and I, it, my heart breaks to just hear stories of going on in young people's lives. It really does. And so sometimes I, I have to just get away. And so I, I, we have a prayer room in our church. I see there's a prayer room here. Committing to pray for your young people and the young people of this town and this nation is something that the church must do again. Because if we look back at history, revival often came through youth and young people. I don't know if you know that, but many of the revivals came from gatherings of prayer. So please pray for young people. Please invest your money and your time. I know that because when you invest money and time, you say, actually, you're important. And the church, we have resources. We have, we have this beautiful building, op giving opportunities for young people, so through time and money. And, uh, and, 
And, and DTI, really, we, we, we're only a gathering for a couple of days in the whole scheme of things. So what Amelia and her team are doing here is amazing, getting behind her. Some of you, God's been nudging you to get involved with young people, whether it's through prayer or voluntary. It's time to, to do that. It's time to say yes to God. To, maybe you're a mentor. Maybe you're going to speak into young people's lives. Maybe you're going to pray for them. Maybe you're going to gather them in, in different ways. Maybe your home is a place for young people to come. I don't know. Um, with the child protection stuff as well, that, that could be. But it can, everything can be worked out, you know, with the right team. Um, but, but I, wanna, I, I just want to share a couple of testimonies from DTI. I'd love to, if that's all right. Because, love to hear that. Because um, we, we have this privilege as the core team, being part of the core team, Every year we have, we have young people either write down at the, towards the end of DTR, they send in messages. And honestly, it's a privilege. We, we got over 200 testimonies written in this year of how God has impacted young people's lives. Isn't that amazing? You know, like, and these are raw testimonies. These are lives that are being affected and changed. And so we had, we had a couple here. DTI 29 was the first time I've ever felt true peace in so long. I've been so stressed and anxious for so long, I just felt so free from the negativities that were holding me back from happiness. I spoke in tongues for the first time and received amazing words and pictures from the young people at the personal prophecy. This is a youth leader getting blessed by young people. Um, I have struggled with self-harm for over two and a half years. I have scars on my arms. I was really ashamed and felt guilty for what I've done. On Sunday night during the song, What a Beautiful Name, I felt God telling me to take off my jumper that was hiding my scars. The second I did, I no longer felt shame. It made me, he made me realize the only thing that matters is the fact that he loves me no matter what I've done. I'm finally shame-free. God is good. You know, this is beautiful. Um, the, the, my friend died last October. This is a young person. My friend died last October, and I had been dealing with severe depression, anxiety, and didn't know how to handle it until DTI. I felt more connected than I have been before. Uh, even though I'm still hurting, I've found who I am. And see, for a young person to say that, it stirs my heart, because young people need to know who they are. Not looking inwardly for their identity, but looking to him. You see, but when God, the creator God, starts to define us, imagine a generation that knew that they were defined by their father. They knew they were secure in his love. They knew they had a purpose. There'd be, there'd be much less questioning about who I am. There'd be much more security. And so we want to, DTI wants to stand in the gap for young people. We want to see a generation rise up that believe this stuff, that know this stuff. I want to finish with just two stories. Um, we had a young person come to DTI, and this is how DTI and Soul Survivor so many years have worked in tandem. This is just an example. We had a young lad. He came. He was in foster care. He had to, actually had to get taken away from his, his home environment, his family environment. It was too toxic. And so he comes. One of the youth pastors in, in a church around the UK they're also foster parents, so he was living with them, and they'd been talking to him about Jesus, they'd been sharing faith, and they, he decided, he's 18 years old, never been to church, never even been in a church service, comes to DTI, he's like, whoa, this is not what I expected. Um, on the final day, a young, a young lad, he's only like 15, he's, he goes up to him, young, brave really, because he's his elder, goes up to him and says, hey, can I pray for you? This lad's like, uh, okay, yeah, go for it. 
He lays his hands on his, his, his shoulder. Holy Spirit comes, falls on this young person. He's just crying his eyes out and shaking uncontrollably. He doesn't know what's going on. He's never experienced this. He finishes. He says, it all finishes. He's like, I feel so like light. His foster mum's saying, what happened? He goes, well, I think what, what happened to me is I experienced physically what love feels like. But I don't know because I've never experienced love. And I'm like, wow, what a beautiful moment for this young person. This young person goes to souls, didn't give their life to Jesus because obviously DTI is like first thing, quite a calculated young person, really thinking it through, comes to Soul Survivor this year, week A, gives their lives to Jesus and they've started a new journey. And so we believe that we're that, we're that point for a young person to realise, oh, there's like thousands of young people who believe in Jesus in this country. Actually, church is accessible to me. The Christian faith is something I can be part of. Final story, and I think then I'm, I, I don't know how we're doing for time, but... Um, we're nearly there. Yeah, Go yeah. for it. Uh, we, we, um, we, obviously, many of you might know, but many leaders from all over the UK that are part of the vineyard, they come to a conference in January called NLC, the National Leaders Conference. Some of you may have heard of it. Um, Susie, my boss and I, we were invited into a kind of a leaders gathering just before that. And um, we, but we just met with the guys who lead the young adults conference called Cause to Live For. So it's dreaming the impossible, then you can go on to Cause to Live For. And so we're, 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 we're hanging out with them, but they, they needed to go back to their hotel room and get something. So we said, well, we'll get the car and we'll pick you up around, around the way. So, so they go into their hotel room, we go into the car park. But what we don't realize is you can't just do a loop because there's a barrier stopping you from getting in there. So we're like, oh, great. Well, and they call us and they say, well, we're outside waiting. And we're like, well, we're trapped in the car park. What's going on? And so um, they say, oh, you've got to get the code. Oh, I've got to get back. And Susie, my boss, like me, we're both quite impatient people. And she's just like, I can't be doing this with this. And it was kind of a joke. But she goes, I'm just going to prophetically speak out the number. So she just types in 5714. And, um, and by this time... Uh, Paul, this guy, he'd, he'd just said, I've got the number, it's 5741. And so, but as, he, but as he was saying this, the barrier, she'd already punched in the code, the barrier just went up. And so it was kind of like this miraculous prophetic moment. And so we were freaked out, like, guys, the Holy Spirit doesn't just turn up in their church, right? Turns, and we just all, like, we just had a moment where we're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Like, we're... Because we'd, we'd had words that God was going to follow us and we was, the Spirit of God was going to show up in random places. And we believe God just opened the barrier. That's what we believed. And so anyway, we get back to the service. We're telling other leaders. They end up announcing it to all the leaders in the vineyard and it, whatever. But the story gets better. Later that, that night, we're like, well, in, in the Bible, there's, there's verses, there's numbers. We've got like, there's codes, you know, like, let's look up. So we come across Isaiah 40... Um, let me just find it. We took the numbers that we'd had and um, we found Isaiah 57, 14. That was the number that Susie put in. And this is the verse. Build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles out of the way of my people. Now, it's a... Ama- yeah. And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. Like, and many people say, oh, Christians, they're a bit wacky, but we serve a God who's wacky. 
He does crazy stuff. But guys, we believe in another version it says remove the barrier. Now listen, there's many barriers for young people to get to Jesus in this nation. There's many barriers. And we believe the mandate on DTI, the mandate on churches, on church leaders, on on all of us, the, the people of God, is to remove the barriers out of the way of God's people, especially as children, especially young people. We, we, we need to remove those barriers and say any barrier that gets in the way of young people to Jesus. Because as DTI, as, a, as the youth movement, we want to say there's, there should be no barrier for young people to access the love of God, the forgiveness of the Father, and the presence of Jesus. Do we believe that? And so that's what, that's what we're about. That's what we want to we inspire you guys with, encourage you. Keep investing, keep going. Yeah. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Thank Pleasure. you. It is amazing to be able to hear um, basically straight from the horse's mouth like what's going to be going on. Uh, there is a video quickly to um, put it a little bit more in context of what the youth see and is promoted to the youth. So if we could see the DTI video, that would be great. I am so excited to be able to tell you that our friends in the vineyard are going to be moving their festival Dreaming the Impossible from Maybank Holiday to the summer to the Staffordshire Showground. And it's going to be open to everyone, to the whole church. You don't have to be in a particular group of churches to come. And the reason I'm excited is because the leaders of Dreaming the Impossible love young people. That's why they're in it. They're gifted. They're great at what they do. They've got experience in it and they want to serve you. And they, as I do, long to see young people come to know Jesus, to be equipped to serve him and to live for him for the rest of their lives. Come as a youth group. I'm going to be there visiting. Come and join me. I'd love to see you there. Possible youth gathering began back in 1999 when a handful of youth leaders had a dream to see young people gathered together from all around the Vineyard Movement. And so DTI began, starting with youth from just six churches. Every year more young people came and in 2007 it became an annual event. DTI is led by a team of youth leaders from all around the Vineyard Movement. We love young people and are passionate about inspiring a generation to love God, love others and change the world. In 2018, we saw over 1,200 young people and youth leaders from more than 50 vineyard churches gather together. God is doing something incredible in our midst. And over the years, we have had the privilege of seeing thousands of lives changed. Last year at DTI, I met with the Holy Spirit and felt healing in my sore knees. I was just there in worship and I felt a burst of energy come through my body and I've never had pain in my knees since. In 2018, my friend brought me to DTI, and that's when I fell in love with Jesus and gave my life to him. I met Jesus at DTI 2016, and forever since I've been passionate about him, and now I'm being a young leader at my own church. Before DTI 2018, I felt really sad and alone, but then I decided to recommit my life to Jesus. My life's changed for the better, and I don't feel alone anymore. 
For a lot of 2017 and the beginning of 2018, I had a lot of panic attacks and had lots of anxiety. However, I had the confidence of DTI 2018 to go up and get prayed for. The next morning, I felt my anxiety gone and ever since then, I felt like a whole new person. At DTI 2017, I had my first encounter with Jesus. It was like a wave of peace crashing over me and I had weight lifted off my shoulders. I'm so grateful for having an encounter with Jesus at DTI. I've always been a follower of Jesus, but I'm never really strong in my faith. However, last year's DTI, I felt God speak to me and give me a glimpse of my future. Now I am baptised and I'm a lot more stronger in my faith. I might even plan a church. For some time now, we've sensed God speaking to us about moving DTI to the summer, not only to avoid exam time and the cold weather, but also to create more space for us to continue to grow. In the summer of 2019, Soul Survivor Youth Festivals, led by Mike Pilavachi, is coming to an end leaving behind an awesome legacy, having invested in thousands of young people. So from 2020, our new home will be the Staffordshire County Showground at the beginning of August. We can see that God just has so much more for the DTI generation and believe that now is the time to invite young people from beyond the Vineyard Movement to join us. We can see a generation rising up who are dreaming the impossible, not shaped by who the world says they are, but shaped by who God says they are. Young people who know that they are loved, known, chosen, free and secure. Taking hold of all that God has for them, laying down their lives and living fearlessly for Him. We're inviting you to come and join us at Stafford in 2020. In the meantime, check out our website for all the details about coming and visiting us for the day for free in May in Newark. We'll see you there. Awesome. Hopefully that gives you a picture of what it's going to look like and the reasons we're doing it. And I'm just going to invite Steve up to uh, let us know how, as a church, we can be supporting it. Thanks, Amelia. Lynn, would you like to come as well? Um, we're running a little bit behind, but I think it's important that we just talk a little bit about uh, how we can get involved and, and support this. Um, in case you're worried about the timing, the England-Tonga match does not kick off until 11.15. I promise you'll get home in time for that. Okay, um, so the Vineyard Movement is going to put on a festival, multiple size to the one that has been running so far as DTI, as a successor to Soul Survivor. Soul Survivor has changed a generation in this country. Who thinks that not just the Vineyard Movement, but Aylesbury Vineyard should get behind this? Apart from Amelia. No, thank you for those hands. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of ways very quickly as to how we can do that. Lynn. So, um, just very quick testimony. I was there at the very first Soul Survivor, and I was carrying a little one-year-old in my arms. I had four children. They were all there, um, including a 10-year-old in a wheelchair, and I was there as a helper, so if anyone was thinking, oh, God might want me to be a helper, but life's just a bit too complicated, um, no. 
go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, talked about different ways we can get involved because this is family. We've put the youth at the front today, but for them to be at the front, there needs to be a lot of people behind, cheering them on, making sure it happens. I was at DTI in May uh, about a couple of years ago because we didn't have enough helpers to send for our young people to go, and that's not to make anyone feel bad, um, but we need people to go with them, to be in the background so that they can be at the forefront and receive everything that God has for them. So, yes, prayer, money, helpers. August the 1st to the 5th, next year, I'm going. I'm going to be a helper. I might just be picking up rubbish. Whatever they need, I will do because we need to be there in the background so that our youth can be in the foreground. And just a very quick thing as well. Um, our daughter, that same one I was carrying on that night um, in that first worship of 1993, uh, 93, Soul Survivor, um, Nikki's sung at the last two. <laughs> um, with Tom Smith on the stage. So we don't know what we're feeding into our children. We don't know what God is doing in them, even as they're babies. You know, families get behind the youth. Thanks, Lynn. So, um, great. Okay, so volunteering, praying is one way. Volunteering on those dates, put them in the diary, book your holiday a different time if you can, if you've got a heart to do that. But the other thing is that to put on this festival, to take the financial risk that's involved of booking a place, booking potentially for how many, 5,000 plus kids compared to 1,000 and a bit, is a massive, massive commitment for a small movement like us. Mike has invited us, Mike has asked us to take this on. The question is, will we get involved and will we help that? We, this is a one-off opportunity. If we can't do this time, it won't happen. The kids won't go. That's just simply what's going to happen. So what can we do, guys? Well, for those who would like to join us, what we're going to do next week, next Sunday, is the offering for both services is going to go to DTI. And normally we say, um, if you give by monthly standing order, uh, whatever, um, you know, pass the bucket on. Well, next week we're going to say you might want to actually join in as well with that and give some extra. And obviously this is only for those who have a heart for it, only those who have the means for it. If we have the means, would you pray, would you think about contributing to that offering next week? We'll also have um, a, uh, a link on the website. We'll put it in this week's weekly email, but it will probably be live Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, just a drop down on the, on the giving box on the website. If you can't make the service and you'd still like to commit or you want to give early anyway, that would be fantastic. Would you like to join in with that, those of us who can? Great, thank you. Um, let's, let's stand together to uh, go into our ministry time and we'll finish shortly after that.